Hello, and welcome to the Pilot Riot Podcast. This is our inaugural episode, our pilot episode, if you will. We are your hosts. I'm Madeline Palman. And I'm Peter Humbarger. And this is normally the part of the podcast where we would tell you the name of our blogs or maybe what other podcasts we're affiliated with. Or like what TV shows we write on. (laughs) But we don't have any of that. (laughs) Instead, we just watch a lot of TV and tell you all about it. <laughs> That's right. We have zero credentials. We are two nobodies living in LA. I am an aspiring TV writer, so I guess that gives me like some authority. We'll say that. And I have no aspirations and just love watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> we're nobodies, but you know what? You're a nobody too. So we're all amongst friends here. So stick with us. <laughs> Tune in or get out. Uh, so Peter and I decided, you know, we read some article in some magazine that said 400 new TV series came out in 2016. Yeah. Hundreds. Hundreds. And we were like, that's so much new content. We're in a content boom right now in TV. There will probably be this, a similar number of new TV series coming at out this least, year. At least 400 this year. Hopefully. And we were like, you know, I wish there was some kind of podcast that just watch the first episode, just the pilot episode of TV shows and then review them that week and help me decide what I want to watch. Yeah, because pilots can be the best episode Mm -hmm. and uh, it really sets the tone for the rest of the series. Exactly. So you know what? We're going to do that for you. We are here for you. Yeah. This is a service for you. This this isn't an art project for us. This is is just for you. We're philanthropists is (laughs) what it is. And we wish you much love. We're recording this on Valentine's Day, and we would like to dedicate this glass of rosé to you, dear listener. Because if you are listening to this, we love you. (laughs) Raise your glass of (laughs) rosé. And say hey, hey, hey to these new pilots. (laughs) Yes, rosé. So. So today's uh, today on the podcast, there were three um, there are three shows that we will be discussing. They thank thank fucking god, none of them were network. <sighs> so <laughs> so we were <laughs> JK. We love you, network. Sponsor us. <laughs> we love NBC. <laughs> <laughs> NBC Universal has more money than God, so we do love you, NBC. So we will be talking about um, Detroiters on Comedy Central. Um, imposters on Bravo. Very interesting. I have a lot to say about that one. And then we'll, uh, we'll finish up with Legion, which is a Marvel series on FX. FX. I like to call it try hard, a series on FX. Try hard. Yeah. (laughs) Inception on FX. Honestly, (laughs) my God. All right. What should we talk about first, Pete? Um, let's go with Detroiters because I, Literally just watched the show. Perfect. I watched it for the second time. The first time I was a little out of it because I was like a little not sober. But <laughs> but this time I really paid attention. The first time I kind of hated it because I was so yeah, bored. Yeah, and I didn't mind it. I thought I, I enjoyed it. So so Detroiters is a half hour comedy on Comedy Central. It premieres ten thirty at ten thirty on Tuesdays. Uh-huh. And the first episode is just referred to as pilot. So this series, we're going to read the episode synopsis from IMDBB. Sorry, IMDB. The rosé is hitting a little bit. All right. So do you want to read, Peter? Yeah. So um, it's best friends, brothers-in-law, other brothers-in-law, brothers-in-law and business partners, Sam and Tim, set out to drum up businesses, business, (laughs) for, for the failing advertising company. They inherited sorry i have really bad vision inherited from tim's once superstar dad will their inexperience and quirkiness 
thwart their chances to land the big Chrysler account, or will their enthusiasm save the day? Spoiler alert, their enthusiasm does not save the day. It doesn't save the day. But but it's funny. Their their journey is pretty funny. I enjoyed it. So the two protagonists are also co-creators of the show, along with two other people. Also, did you know that Lauren Michaels is the EP? I mean, it makes total sense because this show has SNL written all over it. Yeah. So um, one of the leads, Sam Duvet, basically the black guy, he plays Sam. Ooh, maybe we should edit that out. Jane, maybe we should edit that out. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so because he, he talks a lot about the, being black. Being black. That's it's, true. But it, like, a really funny way. So his character name is Sam Duvet. He's played by Sam Richardson, who is Richard Splett on Veep, which is a character I enjoy a lot on Veep. Also one of my favorite shows. Oh my God. Watch Veep. Watch Veep. Plug. Um, so, so during this podcast, we'll be telling you a lot about shows that we currently watch. <laughs> that are not pilots. <laughs> that are not pilots. And that's also for your benefit. Again, yeah, it's we also, are here for you. Because we are ex-parents. <laughs> so watch Veep. So Anyways, the other um, protagonist, <laughs> so anyway, Richard Splett. So the other protagonist, the character's name is Tim Cramlin, played by Tim Robinson, who is mostly known for his work on SNL. They co-created it with Joe Kelly and Zach Kanan, who also basically their main credits are that they wrote for SNL. So they, so Tim, uh, Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson were both on SNL? No, Sam Richardson was not, just Tim Robinson. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. But it makes sense that Lauren Michaels is, a, is an executive producer, because like I said, this yeah, is yeah, SNL yeah. just written all over it. Oh, but then there was another main character, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis, who you may remember from We are the Millers, a really good and movie. And SNL. And SNL. <laughs> but We Are the Millers is a really good movie with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, watch, go see We're the Millers. Go see We're the Millers. <laughs> so this opens up in a really funny way for me. So they are, so basically we're introducing the fact that these two guys are advertisers in LA. They make commercials. No, no, no. Detroit. Oh my God. <laughs> Definitely Detroit. That's, that's kind of a huge part like of the pilot the is that they're part. in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pardon moi. So they're ad guys in Detroit and they're making a, they're making a commercial for a guy named Eddie Champagne, who is quote, the hot tub king of Detroit. And it's like a really shitty commercial. Yeah. And there are all these like shitty above ground hot tubs, hot tubs. And it's literally just this guy like in a cape, like saying, come down to the hot tub. And why did I do it too? (laughs) Our producer's lolling at us. Jane. (laughs) Jane. Cut. Jane. Um, Come down to the hot tub emporium or whatever. It's stupid. And something that truly made me want to slit my wrists was that within before we even hit the 92nd mark into this pilot, Eddie Champagne yells after our two protagonists as they're leaving, you guys are the ad kings of Detroit. <laughs> and I was just like, that that heavy exposition really made me want to kill myself. Oh my God, you guys, we have a really big announcement. Um, our Domino's is here. <laughs> we ordered Domino's for Valentine's Day in it Jane, is here. cut. So we're going to take a quick break Hello? for a word from our sponsors. Jane, are, are we rolling? Jane. We're good. We're okay, rolling. Perfect. We are back from our little Domino's adventure. It was delicious. And thank you from that word from from um, male chimp. <laughs> as if, as if it's gonna be as a, fucking if it's gonna be a wild word <laughs> yeah, about male yeah. chimp. But but male chimp, if you're listening, please sponsor us. We're gonna have to get to HelloFresh and then Squarespace before we get to male chimp. And then Soylent. <laughs> I, I think I should try Soylent first. And eventually, <laughs> Soylent. <laughs> Does Soylent sponsor a lot of podcasts? No. 
Oh, well, I think that those ones are us. Okay. Okay. All right. So anyway, so Detroiters. So. So. They basically, so these two guys that we just talked about, they decide that they are going to land the Chrysler deal, the Chrysler ad, do advertising for Chrysler. Chrysler. They stalk Jason Sudeikis, who is the Chrysler guy, I guess, at the Chop House, which I assume is a Detroit location. Yeah, just like some steakhouse. But the the way they do it is kind of funny because they're like, <laughs> they, they're in their car and they're like shitty car and then they pour steak sauce on their ties and then go into the restaurant and they're like, oh my God, Jason Sudeikis, hi. And they're like, look, we, we just ate here. And they're like holding this really crisp receipt. <laughs> they're like, and, see, we got sauce on our ties. See, we got sauce on our ties. Like we ate here. <laughs> yeah. And we find out like, that. Funny to see you here. Isn't that so weird as if they didn't just race there from the hot tub yeah. king commercial. Um, and we find out that Tim, his father, they inherited his dad's ad agency and his dad used to be a heavy hitter in the ad industry. And, um, so they kind of use that pull to, or in order to really strong arm Jason Sudeikis into giving them like a pitch. Yeah. So they're, they're granted a pitch Mm -hmm. and then they have to stay up all night figuring out like what they're going to do in this pitch. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and we're like this was a long montage I, but i liked it. it it was a very long montage and they found these like speed pills for that expired in what like 74 or something like they, really they were, a long time ago they were diet pills from the 70s which one of the <laughs> yeah, characters yeah, yeah. noted is basically speed yeah and then they get a mouthful of speed and then they just like start throwing shit at glass <laughs> at like this the, the glass window in their office and they're like oh my god it doesn't break and then they decide they have to break it. It doesn't sound that funny, but it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. It was actually a pretty funny montage. Yeah. It was very, um, it was very like workaholics esque. There was a, this pilot shared a lot of DNA with workaholics. Yeah. I mean, it was very similar. It's true. Humor wise, tone wise, style wise. Like two broy guys that work in some like shitty office. Um, trying to make things happen for themselves. To, yeah. But like, you minus know, the weed. Yeah, yeah. Minus the weed. But it was definitely a still, like, the stoner comedy vibe. It was. You're right. But despite the fact that there was an absence of drugs, there was a stoner comedy vibe about it, without a doubt. Yeah. There was also, like, a lot of funny remarks from, um, who was the black guy? Richard Splett. JK. Richard. That's his character on Veep. From Sam Richardson is the character's yeah. name. Sam <laughs> Duvet is the... I'm sorry. Sam Richardson is the actor's name. Sam Duvet is the character's Sam name. Sam Duvet makes a lot of comments like when they're at the um, when they're at the steakhouse and he's like, oh, it's, and he shakes the woman's hand. He's like, oh, it's lovely to meet you. You're uh, <laughs> like, despite your skin color or something. Or like, yeah, there's, <laughs> like, a, there's a running joke about how he naturally pictures everybody as being black because he's yeah. black, which was a little weird, but it was also kind but of it funny. It was also pretty funny. It yeah. worked. It worked. I was surprised by how, how well that worked. So, okay. So this was funny. So they, so we have this long montage of them brainstorming all night long in their office. They come up with nothing. They come up with this really crazy rambling pitch idea once they're super high on I can't speed. even remember what the pitch idea was. It was incomprehensible. And okay. I think it was supposed to be. I think it was like because they were in Detroit and Chrysler was made in Detroit yeah. that like they deserve to make or like I mean, they thought I they know. had yeah, they thought a they horse had in the race yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was interesting and also mildly incomprehensible. So they stay up all night, then they go to a landfill 
What <laughs> was this scene? Listen to this shit, listeners. So they go to a landfill and like at four or five in the morning and they're sending off the garbage workers in their trucks as they're leaving. They're like, bye, Jose. Happy birthday. Hey, Karen. And they're just like waving them off. I don't know how this became like a fun thing that they do on the weekends or like whenever. It, that was weird. That yeah, seemed, why were they doing that? I don't know. It seemed like it was trying to be Detroity for Det- Detroiters sake. Like it didn't make any sense. There wasn't, it's not like they were watching like monster cars crash into each other or something. They were literally <laughs> watching. It was like at a landfill. Exactly. They were literally just at a <laughs> landfill, which the, the production value was not high. You couldn't even really tell it was a landfill. And then they were watching the drivers drive away in their trucks and saying hi to them. And then it comes to them. The pitch. which was every Chrysler is like Detroit on four wheels. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And they were like, they look at each other and they're like, we got it. We got it. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. They don't got it. They don't get it. They don't got it. They end up hitting uh, Jason Sudeikis. (laughs) (laughs) Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Detroit. Detroiters. Jane, spoilers. We're going to put that before Jane. Um, So yeah, so they hit Jason Sudeikis with their car. This was actually hilarious. They put a chip bag over his head and like shove some leaves over him. bury him in leaves. And they and, think he's dead. Yeah, and then of course he comes to and like wanders out of the woods. Not even the woods. It was no, like the no, bushes no, no. in front yeah, of his yeah. office building. And then he ends up going to the hospital and they're like, oh, perfect time to pitch this idea. Yeah, so they come in and they're like, oh, hey, Jason. Of course, the character's name is not Jason Sudeikis, but that's what we're referring to. Me neither. We're just going to refer to <laughs> him as Jason. Totally irrelevant. And they, so they try to give him this pitch. He shuts them down before they can even start saying that they already gave it to someone else. <laughs> they make this funny joke because he, like, he just got hit by a car. He wasn't on like life support or anything. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to pull the plug. And he was, <laughs> and he was and like, then, I'm and then, fine. And then they pulled the plug and like the lights turn off and it was like, <laughs> That's right. It was a lot of kind of like slapstick humor. It was. It was a lot of kind of easy humor. Like I liked the moment when uh, this was like such a dumb joke, but it did make me kind of lull. When they're at the steakhouse talking to the advertising people, you know, when they're stalking Jason Sudeikis and one of the people says, oh, Tim, say hi to your father for me. You know, his father being the old ad (laughs) legend. Oh my God. That was so funny. And he said, oh, he's in a mental hospital now. He went crazy. He thinks he's Bugs Bunny. And the woman says, well, then you tell him what's up, doc. And, and Tim gets emotional and says, I will. Thank you. He will appreciate that. Yeah, that <laughs> they, do, actually, they do a better job. Of that was actually the best line from, from the whole episode, I thought. I enjoyed it. For me, the best line of the whole episode was when they are waiting to see Eddie Champagne's commercial. And <laughs> oh my God, so yeah. they turn on the TV and we catch just the end of a news segment before they go into the commercial. <laughs> and the end of the news segment is... So that was a murder with a happy ending. <laughs> and I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. It was, I mean, for Comedy Central, it was a pretty good episode. Uh, it was a pretty good pilot, I'd say. Um, I I don't know if I'd, like, really commit to watching it again. But, yeah, that might be hard. But if there's nothing else on Netflix or whatever that interested me, I'd probably watch, like, the second episode. Yeah, I would watch it. I enjoyed um, Sam Richardson in this. I thought he was funny. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there because, like I said, we're all friends here. I'm just me and my intimate friends talking. I thought, for some reason, I was, like, real attracted to Tim Robinson in this pilot. He was really attractive. He, he was. He doesn't photograph well. No. But... Jane, can we pull up a picture of Tim? Jane? Oh. 
Thank you, thank, thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. See, he is. He's good he looking. He is really there's, good. Uh, but there's, yeah, again, he doesn't photograph well, but there's just something about him in this pilot. I was like so into it. I was like, I would yeah. not kick him out of bed for a second. No. Especially on this Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> he so, is our Valentine. He's my Valentine without a doubt. So yeah. So I would give this pilot three out of five stars. For me, it was just a tip above average. Yeah, I mean, if if you're rating it in terms of, like, stoner comedies, I'd give it, like, four and a half. But what I watch it again devotedly... Probably not. Probably not, but it was something. Maybe if nothing else was on. I would definitely compare this to Workaholics. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe something else that would be comparable, but it's definitely like any scripted show on Comedy Central. Exactly. I was about to say it's it's just very squarely in that Comedy Central comedy category. Yeah. Yeah. We're live. We're live. In three, two. Back to you, Maddie. (laughs) So this week we also watched Imposters on Bravo, their first hour long. It premieres, um, not premieres, it is on on 10 p.m. on Wednesdays. The first episode was called My So-Called Wife, which was also the working title for the whole series, which I thought was kind of funny. That's kind of a silly name. You know, I really don't like when pilots are named anything other than pilot but just a little note to the community yeah just a little preference just a little professional preference so here's a series synopsis from imdb con artist maddie is as beautiful as she is dangerous over the years she has left a trail of unwitting victims who become tormented upon meeting upon realizing that they have been used and robbed of everything including their hearts her latest assignment threatens to be derailed though when she meets patrick a potential love interest Further complicating Maddie's work are three former targets, Ezra, Richard, and Jules, who realize they have been scammed by the same woman and team up to track her down. When the men choose to embark on their quest, they realize that they must face their own truths and find new versions of themselves along the way. Wow. Wow. That was a really deep synopsis. It was. So our protagonist is Ezra. Yeah, Ezra yeah. Bloom, Mr. Ezra Bloom. Ezra Bloom. Who is, we open up, he is just so happily married to his wife, Ava. So the character's name is Maddie, but she goes by different names throughout the pilot because she is the imposter. So Ezra knows her as Ava. It's kind of like um, Orphan Black. I thought, you know what's so funny, Peter, is that I also, we did not discuss this beforehand, I also saw some parallels to Orphan Black. It had the same, it had very similar DNA. Although I think the actress from Orphan Black was better. Oh my God. Yeah. Tatiana Maslany is like a queen. What's yeah. Orphan Black, you guys? Orphan Black is... Um, our producer wants to know what Orphan Black is. <laughs> so our It's or- a BBC show. It's like a Canadian-British co-production. Yeah. So Orphan Black is like, there's this one... Tatiana, what's her last name? Tatiana Maslany. Tatiana Maslany. And she uh, has, what is it, like eight different characters? Or like tons of different personas. She finds out in the pilot that she has a clone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she finds out she has several clones and that she and all of her clones are part of some big military experiment. It's really good. If you haven't seen Orphan Black, you should watch it. It's, it's like one of my favorite shows. Oh yeah, Orphan Black is great. Especially if you want to see some real great chameleon acting done by Tatiana yeah, Maslany. Yeah, she's a really, really good actress. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, not to take anything away from the actors in this pilot, but they are a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, I did not recognize a single actor in this. Um, so our protagonist is Ezra Bloom. He's played by Rob Heaps. According to IMDb, IMDb, he is most known for the film Frankenstein and the Vampire, A Dark and Stormy Night. 
It also, um, he seemed like he would be an NPR host. Oh my God. He has such Ira Glass vibes about him. Yeah, he has Ira Glass. Heavy Ira Glass vibes. But not as hot as Ira Glass. Oh no, not even close. Also, um, whenever I hear the name Ezra, I immediately think of uh, Pretty Little Liars. Of course, how could one not? (laughs) That Ezra and PLL is iconic. Also, pretty good Joe. Pretty good what? Pretty good Joe. Joe? Wait, what? (laughs) Also a pretty good show. I was hearing Joe. Oh, yeah. Check out Pretty Little Liars, you guys. Or don't. (laughs) Like, or don't, but also (laughs) do. Um, Okay, so we open up on Ezra. He is living the high life with his new wife, Ava. They've been married for a month. He loves her. He gets (laughs) her No, no, no. They've been married 28 days. You're right, Peter. Which is apparently a big thing in his... In in, Judaism or something to him. Yeah, to him. So he gets her this anklet. A very special anklet. That has the... Kubula, Kubula, Kubula. Tabula. I think it was just a heart with an A on it. For no, Ava. no, no, no. It's the hand. It's the, the Hamsa hand? hand? Oh my god, I got that's not right. It's not called the Hamsa no, hand. No, it's it, what's the hand that like Madonna Yeah, it's the uh, my a roommate of mine in college got a tattoo of it on her yeah, lower like, back. Everyone gets tattoos of it. What? Kabbalah. Like, no. Kabbalah. It was Kabbalah. Okay, okay, regardless. Um so so anyway, he's super in love with her. He gets her a present every day for their 20, 27th, 28th, 29th anniversary. Yeah, he loves her. Loves her. So he goes to work at his family's shoe company during the day. And then he is going to get her their 29th anniversary wedding present, a puppy. But his card gets declined. And he realizes that $300,000 has been taken from him. And all of his credit cards have been maxed out. His bar mitzvah money has been taken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything is gone. There were a lot of, like, kind of dumb Jewish jokes. <laughs> there were. <laughs> Hashtag diversity, bravo. Yeah, they're like, Jews. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, I mean, it was fine, I guess. It was. I, I didn't mind it too much. I mean, I think that they were trying to make up for the fact that there were so many white people in this pilot. They were trying to, like, throw some diversity in there. Lots of white people in this pilot. But whatever, it was fine. So... He realizes everything's been maxed out. Everything's taken from him. He goes home and there's a video message from Ava saying in her Belgian accent, you will never see me again. I have, you know, I have left you a folder in the freezer. And if you ever tell anyone or try to find, tell anyone about this or try to find me, I will tell everyone about the contents of the yeah, but you find out that the contents of the folder, like, the stakes aren't really that high. It was just, like... His dad has been cheating like on his, his mom. Da- <laughs> yeah, it was like, why does he care? He just got, like, totally fucked with this whole money situation. They stole a ton of money from her. Later, they say that they got a million four from this family in yeah. total. Yeah, and, and then they're worried that, like, it's going to come out that... He's been he's cheating. Been cheating on her. Yeah, this, I wasn't but thrilled with as that someone term. who hasn't been married or... <laughs> Cheated on in a marriage. I don't know how that must feel, but I was like, okay, just catch her. Yeah, I thought it was funny. The only two actors I recognized in this piece were the mom and the dad. The Mark, the dad is Mark Herlick, who... Oh, I didn't put anything in my notes that he's been in, because I don't think there's anything of note. But you would recognize him if you saw him. And the mom, her name is Mary Kay Place. She's on Lady Dynamite. I recognized her as the prophet's wife in Big Love. They're like, mm. they're the type of actors that are like blue collar, 10 credits a year. They are out there working. Yeah. Yeah. You might recognize them if you watch. Um, so yeah, so he's 
really depressed. He's so sad. He tries to hook up with his assistant, but it doesn't work out. His assistant. Okay. I need to go on a little tangent here. Peter, did you ever watch a little show called the secret <laughs> life of the American teenager? Oh my God. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did. Of course. <laughs> did you recognize the assistant? Gabby is played by Megan Park, who was the Christian cheerleader on secret life of the American teenager. <laughs> no, it was her. It was hundred percent her. I recognized her as soon as I saw her and I even knew her name. But while we're on the topic of Secret Life of the American Teenager, yeah. next week we will be discussing Big Little Lies and one of the main characters was the... Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley, who was the American Teenager. Oh, so many connections. She was the American Teenager. Yeah. Although I was living the true Secret Life of the American Teenager watching that show that as a teenager. Sh- that show was like horrible literally worse than seven Liter- <laughs> literally one of the worst shows i've ever seen oh my god but i watched all of it of course i watched yeah, all yeah. of it too every episode much like much like fuller house like i never even watched full house but i watched every single episode of fuller, peter, of fuller house. peter you watched every episode of fuller house yeah i'm sorry good. i don't mean i hope that I mean, no it was it wasn't it was not good but I, I, did, I, but I did watch every episode of fuller house did you just say it was mean no, no, no. I said it was not good. Oh, I you it said, was not Never mean. mind, never mind. Jane it it made, Jane. like, no sense because I didn't watch Full House. But I was like, I can get into this. <laughs> That's so funny. Back when Netflix originals were, like, actually good and now, which is, like, a dime a dozen. They are a dime a dozen, but that is a story for another time. <sighs> Fuck Netflix. Oh, fuck. So there was actually this really funny montage. So, so yeah, so Ezra's bumming hard. He tries to hook up with his assistant, the Christian cheerleader from American Teenager. Secret life of. Secret life of. Secret life of. <laughs> and he like can't hook up with her because he's so in love with Ava. And he's so sad and he decides he's going to kill himself. And there's actually a really funny montage when he's trying to kill himself. <laughs> oh, he like tries to stick his head in the oven, but it's a smart oven. And it's trying to tell him like, set time, close door. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you like can't close it. You can't turn on the oven unless the door's closed. <laughs> yeah. And then he like gets out an extension cord. To kill himself. To yeah. hang himself. Yeah. But it's like the... <laughs> when he needs an instructional video on like how to tie a noose, but the only video that he could find was in German. So funny. It was like a cartoon. Yeah, it was like a cartoon. YouTube video in German detailing how to make a noose with an extension cord. <laughs> it was actually really funny. I really appreciated it. Props to Bravo on that one. Yeah, there were some funny moments in the show. There were also um, kind of like some weird moments. So they. Um, so Ava has been scamming. A bunch of people. Yeah, for a long time. And the previous guy that she scammed, I don't know what his name was, super attractive. Oh, yeah. They're all very generic, attractive looking people. No, but this guy was like a 10. <laughs> he was really he was really good looking. Okay, okay. And then, but neither of them have like any money, I guess, because, you know, yeah. they, were, they were like... They had fucked. like $800 between the two of them. Yeah. So they're like, I, I don't even know... If they team up. Real... He comes over to Ezra's and they decide, let's team up and let's find her. Yeah, but they team up in this weird way because they're like, let's go to this guy and get facial recognition. Yeah. And then they pay this guy $1,000 to find Ava. To, to find s- images of her, I guess. But somehow he has this database of like every traffic cam. Yeah. Every like street cam, every store cam. And it was like, 
how does this guy have like millions of proprietary images just to like scan through? And then I don't know. It, after I've never like, done any sleuthing myself. I wish I have. Yeah, neither neither of us are PIs. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Neither of us have been fucked over by Ava. But But uh, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she'll probably get like thirty dollars. <laughs> Seriously, if Ava came and scammed me, she could clear out my Welly Fargs checking and like she would get about twenty-seven bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not really the target victims. But it, I thought that that was weird. Like you know, in those old crime shows, when they'd be like, "Here's this really far image of the of the person we want to find," and they'd be like, "Detective, zoom," and then it'd like. Take this low res image and like zoom in and in and in and in. It was like that. It was like, that's not real. (laughs) But I guess you're not really watching Bravo scripted for the, you know, like a really real life experience. I guess not. Uh, Yeah, it was interesting. This is Bravo's third scripted show. The other two being Odd Mom Out and Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. Have you seen either? I have. I've seen both. Do you like um, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Has she been in anything other than House? Nothing of note. Nothing, you know, nothing worth talking Wasn't it about called on the podcast. something else though? It was like Girlfriend's Guide. I feel like it's called something different now. No, it's not. Well, they call it Girlfriend's Guide a lot, but it's oh, Girlfriend's okay. Guide to Divorce. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, this was an interesting show because it kind of represented a tone departure for Bravo. I mean, like shortly after they released this pilot, they totally revamped their marketing. They changed their logo. They changed uh, like their vote, like, you know, just like their commercials, the voiceovers on their commercials, etc. Basically they're trying to get more male viewers, which I think is interesting. This is their first scripted show with a male protagonist. Even and though I feel like all of their viewers are gay men, gay men and women, definitely gay yeah. men and women who are, who have kids and drink wine. Right. Rose. And that's fine. Rose specifically. Mm, rose with ice cubes. <laughs> Which is what we're drinking now. Hashtag drink your rose. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag this rose's for you, listeners. Hashtag add an ice cube. <laughs> Don't wait to chill, just add an ice cube. <laughs> sometimes you can't sometimes you have no time yeah, to wait for that, to bottle that bottle to chill. Again. Sometimes you gotta pop that bottle. Um so anyway, so yeah, so it really represented a tone shift for Bravo, which I thought was interesting. I w- wasn't sure what to make of this pilot. I found it to be off-brand. Since I started promoting it, I found it to be off-brand for Bravo. But when I watched it, I liked it a lot more than I thought it that I thought I would. And I thought that it actually fit really well in tone and style with Autumn Mom Out and Girlfriend's Guide. Yeah, I should watch those. I mean, I have it. I, this is the first Bravo scripted show I've seen. Yeah, they're worth watching. I enjoyed them. Um so yeah, so so they decide to do the facial recognition software, and that's kind of where it ends. Basically, they're gearing up and ready to go, just as Maddie is gearing up and ready to go to her next target, the next man she's going to make fall in love with her and take him for all he's worth. Yeah, and the last scene was that uh, there was a match with the facial recognition software. Yes. <laughs> so my, my favorite line... Quite the cliffhanger. Quite the cliffhanger. So my favorite line in this pilot was from... So, like we said, Ezra teamed up with another one of her former husbands whose name we can't recall because it's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> for our purposes. But that other husband the was... The hot one. The, the hot one. So the hot other husband of Ava's was describing to Ezra kind of the emotional aftermath of being left by Ava, how that was really tough for him. He talked about how he was just, you know, he was with a million women and just kind of tried to get his anger out that way. And he said, one day I looked down, my junk was all beat up. And I realized I couldn't do this anymore. And I thought that was so funny. My junk was all beat up. We've been there. (laughs) Who hasn't? We've all been there. 
So I'm going to give this pilot 3.5 out of 5 stars. I thought that it was a well done pilot. It moved really well. I, even though the actors were kind of nobodies, um, I thought that, uh, they did good jobs for the most part. Ezra, I was kind of so so about. Oh, really quick side note. So I thought it was really funny. So the guy who played Ezra was a good looking, cute guy. He was the only actor in this pilot that I found was kind of a dud. To me, yeah, his performance, yeah, his performances weren't that great. When he finds out that Ava has, you know, taken all his money and left him, he has this moment where he goes out to his car and yet yeah, screams and pounds on the steering wheels, the steering wheel. And that is his main emotional outlet. And like, I have had pretty much an identical moment, like sitting on the 10. So I really wanted to see a much bigger emotional reaction. <laughs> I found that to be like, not enough. Like a five minute freak out in the car was not enough for me. Um, but anyway, you'd like to see some violence. I would have liked to seen some crying, some real screaming. Yeah. Some rolling on the grass. I agree. And I didn't get that from this pilot, but you know what? That's okay. Cause it gave me a lot of, it gave me a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I don't really know what I would rate this pilot. Cause I didn't, um, I mean, it was good. I would watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would know. watch I, it before I watched Detroiters I or just, Legion. I don't know if we'll have time because we watched so many fucking pilots. <laughs> <laughs> we do it for you. We do it for the we people, do it for Peter. You. But just so you know, we will never talk about imposters again. So even <laughs> if we do watch it again, <laughs> you'll have no idea. <laughs> the final pilot this week was... Um, Legion on Legion. FX. So FX has had a lot of really popular shows. Mm-hmm. They had American Horror Story, American Crime Story, Sons of Anarchy, The Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of good shows. Yeah. This show it's becoming a really prominent cable network for yeah. great scripted TV. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it was a good. It was a good show. I mean, it was well the 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 art scene i'm not artsy the artistic direct direction was good yeah so Um, legion is on fx that premieres at 10 p.m on wednesdays the episode is called the first episode the pilot is called chapter one and here is a series synopsis which is paraphrased from fx so legion is the story of david howler a troubled young man who may be more than human diagnosed with schizophrenic as a child david has been in and out of psychiatric hospitals for years now in his early 20s david loses himself in the rhythm of a structured regimen of life on the mental ward breakfast lunch dinner therapy medication sleep over and over and over david spends the rest of his time in in companionable silence alongside his chatterbox friend and fellow patient lenny who you may recognize as aubrey plaza plaza from the office she is parks and rec Oh, yeah, yeah, Parks and Rec. She is um, April. April. Um, so the pleasant numbness of David's routine is completely appended with the arrival of a beautiful and troubled new patient named Sid, Sidney Barrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, and inexplicably, inexplicably drawn to one another, David and Sid share a startling encounter, after which David must confront the shocking possibility that the voices he hears and the visions he sees may actually be real. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Legion. Where do we even start with Legion, Pete? Why don't we start by saying that this pilot was 78 fucking minutes. Okay, it was 60 minutes. It was 60 minutes. But that's still about 15 minutes too long. It might as well have been 
168 <laughs> Might as well have been a full movie. They should have just done the extra push with the, another 40 yeah. minutes and just made it a t- movie. I know. It was like, wow. Long, long, long. You know, an hour-long show with commercials is about runs about 42, 43 minutes. A pilot at most runs like 56. So to have this heavy hitter of a 68-minute pilot was a drag, especially considering a third of it was people walking through the hallways of a mental hospital. An easy third. Yeah, at least. If I had written this pilot in school, my professors would have laughed at me and made me cut half of it. (laughs) Yeah. It could have been like a half hour. It could have been a half hour. I mean, it couldn't have, but it It could have. It could have been like a 30-minute drama. (laughs) Yeah, so the protagonist, David Haller, he's played by Dan Stevens, who you may recognize 40 pounds ago as Matthew Crawley in Downton Abbey. He famously, like decided which you know downton abbey like is a, he, he lost weight for this role well not specifically for this role but he famous, well, well, but he lost weight yeah, yeah yeah he famously like dropped a bunch of weight left downton abbey it was a big upset they were right in the middle of like a big storyline with his character they had to kill him off and decided to become a hashtag serious actor yeah yeah and He's, his role was very serious the serious this is like anyone exactly with what he, schizophrenia is very <laughs> hashtag serious. this when he decided to lose that weight and become a hashtag serious actor this was the exact kind of role that he thought he was <laughs> yeah. gonna get and he did he got he did. it good for him good for him shout out So he's been living, so David Haller has been living on this mental ward for like six years. And this mental hospital straight up looks like the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's like, it looks really dated. Yeah, like a dated futuristic set. It's weird. Yeah, they're all wearing these like really old burnt orange. Like track jumpsuit jackets. Yeah, they're really ugly. Yeah. But then, so it seems like it's from the 50s or 60s, but then... At one point, the, he like the the doctor is like going through his folder, and he opens up this binder, and it's like all just a touch screen. Do you remember yeah. that when they were interrogating him? So yeah, it was like so. It's definitely present day. Yeah, it was like Blade Runner almost. Yeah, the fact that they wanted the mental hospital to look like Starship Enterprise was definitely intentional, but it was just it was egregious or it was aggressive or something. There was something not right about it. It didn't feel like a mental hospital no. at all. No. Um, it was a little weird. So David's been living there forever. He's feeling ho-hum. He meets with his sister, who is very like, she looks like she's from the 1950s. She's very put together. She lives like a, you know, a nice, normal, conventional life. He's like, I don't know how to get out of here. She's like, I can't help you with that. I thought the acting in that part was a little lackluster. Because he was like, he's been in there for, what, like six years? Yeah. And he's like really sharp and witty. And he's like, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to get out of here. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, Dan Stevens seem crazy. He didn't seem crazy. And also for me, Dan Stevens performance was like a little hammy, a little cartoonish. Yeah. Not my favorite. It wasn't terrible, but it was not my favorite. Yeah. Um, so he's living this ho-hum life. He doesn't know when he's going to get out of the mental hospital. And then Sydney comes along. Sydney. Sydney Barrett. Sydney Barrett, played by Rachel Keller. She has beautiful skin, beautiful hair. Yes. Her only credit of note, the actress, is that she was Simone on season two of Fargo. Which makes Did sense. Did anyone watch season two of Fargo? I don't know. I didn't. But it makes sense because the showrunner for Legion, Noah Hawley, was also the showrunner for Fargo on FX. Uh, oh, yeah. Fargo was on FX. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, okay. Um, so he, FX has a lot of good shows. A lot of heavy hitters. A yeah. lot of heavy hitters. Um, so, yeah. So he meets Sydney. She's blonde. She wears her hair in pigtails. 
Mm-hmm. They meet in group therapy. She gives a kind of an <laughs> existential monologue. You know, when I was in writing school, TV writing school, me and my fellow students had this joke about uh, a monologue in the first season of True Detective, which is Matthew McConaughey's monologue in the last couple episodes where he talks about time being a flat circle. To all of us, that really represented quote unquote purple dialogue in TV, meaning kind of trying to use big imagery and flowery words to try to make a big point and have a heavy hitting monologue. I feel like that's what everything Matthew McConaughey does. That's fair enough. Definitely. It's definitely a very HBO network type of thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Like when he did those Lincoln commercials and he's like, do you ever just want to drive? (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite the same thing, but I get what you're saying. So she kind of gives a time is a flat circle monologue in group therapy about how, like, how do we even know that we're crazy? Ordinary is just what other people decide ordinary is. Yeah. We don't even know. So very eye roll. Yeah. So this touches him deeply. And he says to her right in group therapy, will you be my girlfriend? And she says, okay, but you can't touch me. Yeah. It's a weird neurosis she has. She can never be touched. Or is it? Because... Dun, dun, dun. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Legion. Jane, Jane. <laughs> yeah, there's a... If they if they touch, they switch bodies. Well, now you're really getting ahead of yourself. We don't know that yet. So but that's what we said. We honestly don't know like anything that happened in this pilot. This pilot was like, let's take Inception. Honestly. And then... Cut it down a little bit, but not too much. Add a little X-Men. Yeah, add some X-Men. Add some Star Trek. Yeah. And add some Aubrey Plaza being funny. <laughs> yeah. And let's add, make ourselves a pilot. Add a totally unnecessary Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> hey, she had some comic relief. Hardly. Her only comic relief was she was like, I have Twizzlers. Like, she wasn't even funny. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Or rather, I should say, I disagree. <laughs> Excuse me while I pour another glass of brose. <laughs> oh, the mic really picks up that. Oh, our producer wants All some more, right. too. <laughs> Jane, right, Jane would also like some. All right, Jane, there you go. Oh, Jane's not letting me, not letting me pour. Jane was just like, give it. <laughs> we don't want to ruin the equipment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... He meets Sid. They fall in love, although they never touch. We have a couple more purple monologues while standing at windows. That was interesting. I mean, kind of just like stupid bullshit. Lots of walking through the hallways of the mental hospital. Yeah, and they're like, we're dating, but we can't touch. So instead of holding hands, they tie a necktie around both of their hands. And walk through. And again, walk through the hallways of the mental hospital. That's all they do in this pilot. That's all they fucking do. They're just like... Like, separated by 18 inches, and then they're just like, tra-la-la, like, <laughs> we love each other. And then, but of course, it's also a mental hospital, so their beds are twin-sized beds. Honestly. So, they can't, I, I like, go to cuddle. group therapy, and, like, you do not make boyfriends and girlfriends group therapy, okay? You just don't. You just don't. So, one way, one way this doesn't is go well with crazy. <laughs> As if I'm calling this pilot out for being re- unrealistic. I mean, honestly. Yeah. yeah. That um, was the, the only unrealistic part about this pilot was that people from group therapy started dating. Yeah, I really like my, my pilot's realistic. That's, yeah. that's a yeah, real yeah. requirement for me. No, it's not. Um, so, we're watching them have their little relationship, and then we kind of... So, then we kind of break from the narrative. Then we start having this really non-linear storyline 
where now we're with David and he's in an interrogation room outside of the hospital and something, Sydney is missing. Something has happened to Lenny Aubrey Plaza. We don't know what's going on. He's being interrogated by a guy who looks like a Bobo David Schwimmer, light David Schwimmer. Yeah, he does. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. And so now we're not really sure what's going on and we're starting to get the sense that, or actually we're kind of told explicitly um, by the interrogator, not to David Haller, but to his associate that David Haller has powers. He's a superhero. <laughs> Peter's giving a note to our producer. <laughs> Take a pic for the Insta. <laughs> Hashtag follow us at pilot, pilot riot pod. We'll get to that later. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, and so, so now we're starting to get confused. We're not sure what's real and what's not. We get flashbacks of him, like blowing up a kitchen when he gets really mad, uh, by accident. um, but there's no real linear time. It's all kind of like back and forth and back and forth. And it's like... Yeah. And we get to the point where by the end, we have no idea what's real and what's not, which may be intentional, but... But then, they, but then he kind of like snaps out of it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I may be getting ahead of myself, but all of a sudden it's like they're on a beach. So, so you think that Sid is not real. Yeah. Because that's what the interrogator is Implying. Yeah. Especially because he never touched her. Yeah, and because they're like, there's no record of Sydney Barrett. Yeah. But then they get to the beach and Sid's saving her, or saving David. And and there's like all these bombs and like... It's Navy. weird. It's, yeah, it's really weird. I mean, like truly inception levels of weird. Yeah, I mean, it does not really make sense. But no. I guess... I, and that's the problem that I had because... I feel like pilots should be a little bit cohesive. Like they yeah. should, they should set up a world and a problem. Yeah. Like they should, they should have a cliffhanger, but they shouldn't make it so confusing that you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. And that's I, what this pilot did. And that's what this pilot did. And that's why I was like, I'm not going to watch the second episode one, because I'm not going to waste another like 300 minutes. No. And two, I have I'm, things to do. I have a life to live. <laughs> I have other pilots to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, have no interest in figuring out what was going on because I was like, that's like, I didn't really feel any strong connection to the characters. Yeah, I, I agree. I they already killed Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers. They Spoiler. did kill, they did kill <laughs> Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. So, uh, I, I agree with you. I think that this was, I mean, this pilot was well done. You can't deny that it was well done. It yeah, had high, mean, production high production value. Really beautiful. Obviously FX really put their hashtag pennies into this, yeah. into this pilot. And I think that they knew that be like everyone loves Marvel. You know, there's so yeah. many people that are like Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. This Marvel. is the, this is the first TV show that is a spinoff yeah. of the X-Men franchise. It's it's FX's first Marvel uh, venture yeah. or superhero venture at all. Really? So they definitely really, uh, like I said, put their pennies behind it. There was, I mean, there was a dance number in this pilot, like a really well done dance number, <laughs> Yeah, but, but, but totally out of place. <laughs> totally went on too long. Why was there a dance number in the middle of Legion? And if you haven't seen Requiem for a Dream, don't ever watch it. One, <laughs> Save yourself. One, don't ever watch it. You'll, <laughs> you'll cry and want to kill yourself. But if you have seen it, that is kind of the tone of this pilot. Yeah, it had a lot of... The cinematography was very choppy. It was... You know, when I was a kid, I did like theater growing up, like community theater and shit. And... Something that teachers would always say when a kid was like really putting themselves out there in a big way and you kind of couldn't really tell if it was good or bad. <coughs> Pardon me, listeners. I'm getting over a cold. 
and you kind of couldn't really tell if what they were doing was good or bad, but you didn't really, really want to say anything negative, you would say to the kid, you made a strong choice. And the cinematographer made a lot of strong choices. A lot of choices. choices, yeah. We're talking upside down shots. Like, Oh my God, yeah, long. what the fuck was that? It was like two minutes of them being upside down. It was like, why? Also, I just need to reiterate one more time. So much walking through the mental hallways. <laughs> so walking, much walking. Walking with purpose, walking slow, also this, walking like, medium speed. This, um, this really annoying constant ping pong game. Oh, yeah. It was like, I guess it was trying to like keep the rhythm and being like, there is some level of steadiness. Yes. But it was like, it's annoying. It was. This was the most cinematic pilot I've ever seen. Even in this modern day of having yeah, super it was, cinematic it was television. Really cinematic. I mean, they might as well have just pushed for another 40 minutes and made it a whole movie. They, they really should have. It should have been a feature. Honestly, it could have been a feature easy. Yeah. It was, you know, I think amongst... If they would have just explained what the fuck happened at the end. Honestly. They could have taken another 30 minutes. It could have been a feature. People would have loved it because it was Marvel. Yeah. But no, gotta, gotta make a TV series. <laughs> gotta, gotta get in on that TV content boom. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Just I, like us. Just like us. Ding. Um, no, I agree. I, I felt like... I think that TV elitists will really, I mean, like, really, like, I'm a TV elitist. I mean, we're just talking about how happy we were that there were no network pilots this week. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, coming from a TV elitist, this is a a pilot for TV elitists. TV elitists are going to love it. They're going to eat it up. They're going to want to jerk it off. They're going to, like, think it's the greatest thing ever. But you know what? In reality, Imposters was a better pilot than Legion. It was more well done. It was better written. It had a better story. So. Yeah. So... Um, so the three we watched, Detroiters, Imposters, and Legion, I would say my number one... Oh, let, let's really quick rate, um, Legion. I'm gonna give it two and a half out of five stars. For me, I'd it give was, it three and a half. For me, it was average. I mean, yeah, it was long, it was, but it was really beautifully shot. It was. There was a high production value. Yeah, I mean, really high, 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 high. Um, so one, two, three, I would say Detroiters, I would most likely watch again. Okay, alright. But that's just because I really love, um, <laughs> love 30 minute comedies. Like <laughs> They're 30, very digestible. So my favorite TV is 30 minute comedies and hour long realities. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into some reality TV listeners. Let me tell you, Peter Please. and I, Peter and I were born to cover reality TV for you. Reality TV is God's gift to the world. I <laughs> love reality TV. So I would watch Detroiters, then Imposters, and then Legion. Okay, for me, I would watch Imposters, then Detroiters, then Legion. But I'm also more of a one-hour girl. One-hour drama girl. Yeah. Well, to each, to each their own. To each their own. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Woo! We are going to... Um, we're just going to plug our socials really quick. And then we have a special surprise. We have a special reading. A special reading from Maddie. Um, we're not going to give you any context She's oh, just... no, I'm going to give the context. <laughs> You're going to give context? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. The context must be given. So we are hashtag desperate for followers and... And or sponsors. Let's and just, or sponsors. Let's just put that out there. Hashtag the secret. MailChimp. <laughs> so we... Squarespace. <laughs> Third love. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so follow us. We are at Pilot Riot Pod. Um, on Twitter and on, Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram. 
You can um, email us at pilotriotpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and um, my personal Instagram <laughs> <laughs> is Peter Hums, like, hmm. And uh, Maddie's is. Mine is Mad Pommen. M-A-D-P-A-U-M-E-N. I'm trying to break 100 followers. <laughs> <laughs> Help Help her out. Shut up. And our producer is part of a great band. Um, Twin Kids. Twin Kids. So follow at Twin Kids. It's like Twink Kids. Twin Kids Music Motherfucker. <gasps> oh. oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's not Jay at Twin Kids. Cut. It's Twin Kids Music. It's Twin Jane Kids Music. Cut. But if you just look up Twin Kids, you'll probably find it. But so it's Twin Kids Music. <laughs> so endless thanks to our Jane. With a C. M-U-S-I-C. <laughs> endless thanks to our producer, our Jane, Matt Young. Thank you to Jacob Vine, who is making our yet-to-be-revealed branding, hopefully revealed by the time we reveal this episode. Yes. Um, also, you can download our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yeah. Pilot Light and um, Pilot Light. Pilot Riot Podcast. Okay, so if you have any questions or if you'd like or comments or comments, or if you'd like one of us to talk more or less or whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. Um, email us. Or if you'd like a show to be reviewed, or if you'd like a, a shout out, just email us. Oh, uh, we're waiting till we get a Patreon account for shout outs. We're doing shout outs. We're waiting till we get a Patreon account. All right, we're going to have this argument off air. Whatever. Okay, so now... In honor of Valentine's Day. So can I give a little bit of a setup? Can I give the setup? Okay. Okay. okay fine. So I have a little note here. Tonight in group therapy, my wonderful thera- thera- uh, therapist, Sheila. Oh, my God. My tongue. So tonight in group therapy... <laughs> Jane, cut. So tonight in group therapy, my wonderful therapist, Sheila, came up with a really cheesy suggestion. Jane, you got to stop laughing over there. In honor of Valentine's Day, she had us write love letters to ourselves. Can you explain what us is? <laughs> Well, okay, it's usually our large group, but tonight it was just me and one other person. And she had us, the two of us, write love letters to ourselves. And I'm going to read mine now. Dear Madeline, thank you for being a badass bitch from hell. When the going gets tough, you know how to be tough too, which has gotten us through all of our struggles in life, hasn't it? Even in times of turbulence and depression, you manage to remember your goals and always see things through to the end, like this podcast. You are a good friend, daughter, most of the time, and you know you're hella talented. You have room for improvement, but what you've got is pretty good. XOXO, Madeline. So let that be a little listen to you guys. Practice some self-love this week. You deserve it. And listen Love to, yourself. Love yourself. And lo- listen to our fucking podcast. Or get the fuck out. Good night. Love you. Love you.